Hey, Megan. Hey. <laughs> what is up? You, you're looking different and vibey, and I'm getting, like, fun energy from you. Like, I I just spent two hours with Annie DeMamiel oh my before God. we got here, and it was a full-on treatment. Like, I, you know, I wasn't interviewing her or talking yeah. to her. She was asking me how I was feeling, and... I mean, I don't, I can't tell you how many oils and salves and balms oh she put God. on me. She did acupuncture all over my body. Wow. She did energy work. She listened to me. She talked, took my pulse many times to see how it was all working. What is the energy work though? She like holds her hand over your knee because it hurts, you know? Um, like No, she sort of, she says, you know, is anything happening with you you know yeah. and you kind of say emotional things and physical things and then you lie down on the table and she takes your pulse that's like very in sort of and starts sort of saying what she's what she's getting from that pulse and they're huh. they're, they're both physical things and emotional things and then um wow. she puts in the the needles which doesn't hurt. Like I hate needles, and I love acupuncture. <laughs> yeah, you're bet you're more experienced. You than hate I. needles. Well, I hate like shots. Oh yeah, <laughs> but so different. Such a different thing. It, very different. Yeah, yeah. But, like doesn't bother me at all an acupuncture needle. <laughs> and um, but it always amazes me that I that it doesn't that bother you don't me freak because out. I yeah. like hate a needle. And then she comes back and she does all. I mean, she has tuning forks. I sort oh. of thought I was like, I thought there was like a mechanical thing that was like, but it was actually these tuning forks and she'll put them on your feet at your heart center, like all. Wow. This is the, like yeah. everything. <laughs> she's, you know, she's Every moving modality. her hands and clearly getting energy from that. And you're feeling stuff when she's doing, like you're I feeling mean, things move through your body. Definitely. I mean, especially like I was, I was really noticing like when she put in one needle sort of near my knee and then below both my knees was like total energy oh. felt so good like immediately you know oh maybe it's God. who knows if it's psychosomatic whatever it is no I it totally really, believe that and you're smelling all these just incredible oils this series of you know I think she's gauging what she feels like you need yeah she's very she's so in the moment like it, it, I loved this interview yeah just because she you know she she takes it all in and and she's got that that calm like kind. calm confident kind warm yeah energy. like fluid and yeah it's just yeah she this conversation was just I want her to hug me like yeah. and i'm just it's it's what w her story is incredible yeah. like how she the cancer. how she got there you know like how she got to making clean beauty products yeah her products are are so energetic in nature and it's it's fascinating to hear how they come about oh she just says so many things that i want to get right on let's oh, get into it gotta hear this one it's something so annie demamiel we are so excited to be speaking with you today and i've <laughs> I just got a treatment from you, and so I'm in like another world. You're also like glowing, like it's crazy. You're I'm radiating glowing stuff. Like my just my spirit feels like it's glowing. In any case, <laughs> you make products that we just live for at Goop, and then you also treat people, and you've got this incredible mixture of herbalism, Chinese medicine. But we want to start at the beginning. You're originally from Australia. Yes. And despite your very French-sounding name. <laughs> yeah. um, and you were one of the top three women triathletes 
in the country. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. A long wow. time ago. A very long time ago. A long time ago. And yeah. what was that like? I look at that time and that I did that sort of stuff as very much a time to, it was about building your mind and strength and all of that sort of thing. I think it's, I don't know, it's so far, I think more about our, because I, I think I draw more on when I did, I I always do these bonkers things mm-hmm. in that I, you know, sailed around the world. And you did? Yeah, I did an Around the World Yacht Race. Wow. Uh, around the same time or different phase of life? I literally had never, ever been sailing before. And then the previous race came into Sydney Harbour. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good thing to do. So I went and signed up to do <laughs> wow. this, re- this race. And I did it. But along the way, like, I met my husband. He was on, doing the same race. Oh, um, you're but kidding. But on a different boat. Oh, so. so we, yeah. But, Good decision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now that is such a strength drawer for me in terms of you're in this, this most amazing, amazing place. So it sort of filters through to things, you know, what we do in the business, like the sustainability policy and even one of the products, like the colour of it was drawn from like the Southern Ocean. and Oh, which the the... Uh, the bomb. Yeah. Because, oh, uh, I mean, like, that, that is the most amazing place on earth. Mm. In that, I remember a statistic of when you're sort of down south and you're there and, you know, the closest person is something like the man in the, one of the space stations because you're so far from, from land. Me. Oh, wow. And wow. the only thing, like, if something happened or you've got this fleet of boats around you to save you, but it's just, it's the most intense place. And it's such a privilege because so few people have been there. And the colours of the waves and the water, like the blues and the greens, are just the most special place on the earth. Wow. And it's just like, you know, the albatrosses and, oh, you know, you're sort of like (laughs) going up this way. You're in a 72-foot boat and you're going up a wave. And it's sometimes, you know, it's like in the really bad storms, there's 100 feet. So there's water above you and water below you. And it's just about survival, and it teaches you so much about survival. Mm. And that's just intense and just amazing. Yeah, it wow. sounds intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just blew you out of the water. Yeah, yeah, you, you were also like in finance there. for a while? Yes. Yeah, I traded futures. And, yeah, I sort of have this thing where I just go, oh, I think I'd like to do that. And then I just go and do it. So um, those are incredible, like triathletes, sail around the world, financier. How did, how did it all, how did, what was your journey to wellness and clean beauty? It's interesting. I think a whole lot of things came together at once for me. And the thing that sort of brought it all together was when I was going through treatment for cancer, my chemotherapy and things like that. And the two things that helped me through that time was acupuncture for the nausea and things like that. Uh-huh. And and then, you know, I used to make my own creams and oils like for my skin because it was just, you know, in such a state from from, from chemo, chemo and, and radiation, radiation and stuff. And so that sort of begun the whole path. And, you know, it's yeah. How did you know what to make? How did you I didn't. <laughs> and I guess that, that sort of like infiltrated a whole other thing. It was just about seeing what was there. And I mean, like this was years ago. So, you know, the availability of now there's organic things and everything's around and it's really easy to access stuff. Yeah. I just went to this funny store, one of those really odd hippie type shops. 
and they had like a bunch of books and so I bought the books and bought bits and pieces and just tried to mix my own and and that's where it all started. Oh, cool. Wow. And how did acupuncture help with your treatment? Just through the, the nausea and the vomiting and that constant sense of just exhaustion. And, you know, it's funny because the... The boat race came into this as well. I used to have mm. a picture of the boat above the toilet when I was sick going, I'm practicing for the Southern Ocean. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Well, it's, it sounds, there's, in, that, in those stories that you've just told, there's so much strength. And I, I think of you as a strong person, but also so sort of open and like sort of more feminine side. And I think of like finance and, and triathlete and conquering cancer. You know, it seems yeah, that's a lot. like <laughs> it's a funny, like you've got definitely some different sides to who you are. Yeah. <laughs> like as and I think it's that, you know, it's just that thing of just getting on and doing something or it's a challenge. And so I just go, oh, okay. And just make it happen. Uh-huh. And that's just what, I guess that's what life is. You yeah, know, because you don't know what's around the corner, and you know there was well, it was a long time ago now, but there was a point where you know I was given six months to live. Wow! And you know that was I was like, who? Are, I won't say the exact words I said mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> along the lines of you know who are you to tell me that I've only got this much time to live? And so it was all about how do I how do I beat this? How do I survive this? And, you know, I was so blessed to have so many amazing people around me. And I went to a clinic in Mexico. We went on to lots of, like, clinical trials and things mm. like that. But I had, you know, I found a doctor who really believed in what I was trying to do. Wow. Did you have a beat of feeling sorry for yourself? Or just um, feeling, you know? Do you know, I can't remember it, but it must have. Because it's one of those things. Or... Yeah. But I didn't ever, like, I didn't want to hear statistics. Yeah. I didn't want to know you know, which is what I said, you know, you just, you can't tell me those things because it's, it's a number and it's a t- statistic. But, and for me, it was all about how do I change? What am I doing? Uh, what do I need to do differently in order to, to survive? And so I did that. And, you know, initially the race was very much a part of that for me. It gave me a goal in order to survive and it was like I'm I'm going to sail into Sydney Harbour mm-hmm. um, that mm. was my ultimate thing and as I'm part of the race you know when we got into Argentina there was a hurricane on the trip down from Boston to Buenos Aires and I'd sort of gone overboard I was attached to the boat but I'd broken Whoa. my hand on the on this on the thing oh <laughs> it hadn't healed properly and so at that point we knew that the, well, I knew that the sort of cancer would come back. Mm. Um, but my whole goal from the beginning was I'm not going to fly into Sydney Harbour. I need to sail into there. So I went back to London, had some treatment, had some chemo and all of that sort of thing. And then sort of like arrived, went back to, got into New Zealand and then got on the boat and sailed into Sydney Harbour. Whoa. So, <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. And, and again, you know, I sort of, saying all all those things sound like strength but I also your decisions to try these things to say you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be a financier I'm I'm not gonna hear these statistics I'm gonna go sailing do you feel you're intuitive certainly in your treatments you feel that way like it's out it seems like you have a 
something guiding you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just complete madness. I'm not quite sure what it is. I think it's just, you know, I don't really know what it is. Mm. But for me, you know, I grew up in a town, like a small town in the middle of nowhere. And we were sort of old before we sort of had television. And we had a life where, you know, you just had to go out and work and do things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the nearest town was, you know, you had maybe, I don't think we had a movie theatre in the nearest town. But the town I grew up in was 400 people. Wow. Um, and so, you know, you just got on and got things Did done. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you start down this road of making mm. things for yourself where did the acupuncture come in for you? Where did the herbalism? And then how did it lead to the product company? I actually started studying chiropractic in when I was in Sydney. And that was that really intensive time of, you know, you did uh, like an undergraduate with a, and I did an, a degree in anatomy and physiology. So there's like, you know, this hardcore science. Um, mm. And for me, that's the driving force behind absolutely everything. It's the why I have to read so many clinical papers and for mm. it to all make sense in the body. And then went traveling. Uh-huh. <laughs> the gypsy and me took over. But when it was sort of time to settle down and to, to do something, chiropractic wasn't, I felt it wasn't the right sort of place for me. Yeah. And I'd gotten so much benefit from acupuncture. I really felt that it was acupuncture was the way forward and that sort of traditional Chinese medicine where I'd gotten so much benefit from. Yeah. So I went and studied sort of Chinese medicine and I did an internship in in China and spent some time in a Chinese hospital. Wow. Which was just astonishing. How so? Well, people would come in and then the doctors would decide how to treat them, whether it was Eastern or Western medicine. Huh. Um, and depending so was, on what was with the person? or yeah, yeah, depending on what they needed and all of that sort of thing. And so it was really fascinating to watch that. And so people would come in with strokes, and we call it wind in Chinese medicine, and they literally would get acupuncture and Chinese herbs twice a day for the first three months. Wow, that's um, amazing to treat a stroke. Yeah, Whoa. no Western medicine, no occupational therapy, and they had such a high success rate. It was really, really fascinating. Yeah. And it's just what be. they did. And But, you know, when there was, like, need for surgery or Western medicine and things like that, then that's where they would go. There but, wasn't, like, a judgment one where, you know, the... Yeah, it was, this is what the patient needs. And I think that very much formed the way that I looked at things. But it was very much about stepping back and taking a look at the whole picture. And it's like, what's creating the problem? What mm-hmm. is it that's why is... And now I sort of think about it as why is the skin red? Why is there inflammation? And let's, let's sort of like trace that back through metabolic pathways to get to the cause. And so each product, when it's made, has, you know, has come from clinic, has come from people. But it's that method of looking at it as what's creating the problem and let's address that as opposed to just putting a Band-Aid over the symptom. Mm-hmm. So, so that is the intuition part. I guess it's a bit more than it. It's sort of, I guess it's informed intuition. Right. In that, you know, that's that science background coming in and tracing things back of, okay, you know, this is, it's inflammation. So I know exactly, you know, what we're sort of treating, what we have to target in the product and then formulate it like that. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So you get into acupuncture and then how how did the was the herbalism 
part of it at the same time or or so it didn't do complete herbalism I mm-hmm. is oriental aromatherapy mm, and gotcha. really looking at the elements of how essential oils interacted in the Chinese medicine way mm-hmm. and then marrying the two and so they sort of came quite close together because I was still making things in the kitchen or in the bathroom uh-huh. <laughs> at that point and then you know it sort of it then became like a, the clinic became, or my patients became a testing ground. And everything I made, it's sort of that level of what else can I study? Like what else can I look at? And so, you know, for me, it's like always looking at clinical papers and what's studying and what trials happening on this essential oil or, you know, this brainwave or, or what pattern of the brain is, is happening and what's going on. But isn't that the the nature of acupuncture too? Like you don't just go in once; you sort of go in for tune-ups. Yeah, and it's a it's a lifelong thing. I think it depends what you're having it for. So things like stress and all of that sort of thing. But you know, some people use it for different meth for different things, so fertility and all sorts of different elements. In which case, you know, you're looking at different different patterns and the way that the body's processing things. So I think that's the difference. But Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that it's great to to keep it going. It helps, well, for me, I find it helps with stress and how you deal with stress and all of those things that that impact you. I do too. Yeah, oh, good. And how did it come to skin specifically? I feel like you, part of your process when you're working with a client seems like it's the whole body, but it's reflected in the skin of the the face, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> How did that become the focus? That's a really good question, actually. It, that just felt like the right place to be. <laughs> um, and it was, I think, because it was that I'd played so much by that time with oils and with butters and just, like, looking after different things. And I really loved it, like, mm. making something and then giving it to a patient and that sort of process and seeing the difference. And it just felt like it was the right way to do it. But also, it's something that is so important in the way that we look and feel about it. I mean, like, the way that we feel about ourselves. For sure. And, and for me, it was looking and it sort of evolved in that whole stress arena and what stress is doing to our skin and um, how that's making us feel. So, you know, it's so many different types of stress, but, you know, looking at how emotional stress is played out on our skin. Um, <laughs> As mine was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you have a very special factory. <laughs> it's a farm, right? It's a beautiful farm. And how did you start I guess the beauty you know where you're making oils to sell rather than just put on your patients how did that evolve and then tell us a little about the the farm uh, so <laughs> and the crystal floor <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so I would literally like go into clinic and do all the bits and pieces then give my patients so when I would sort of do my diagnosis it's all based on constitution and what's going on and what that patient needs and so I would make sort of oils and teas and things like that and give them to my patients but so I would sort of do all of that for many years and then come home and make more after I'd give them to and my husband said this is ridiculous you can't keep doing this (laughs) so we would literally we sort of like made them put a web put a label on them and created a website 
And we were so lucky because three weeks later, Nitaporte called everything in. Oh, um, oh my God. That is and, lucky. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's been like a process of word of mouth since then. Well, well so I, heard, yeah, you find out? I heard about you through Jessica Richards at Chen. Uh, right. So and she was like, you just have to try this. It was when I was still at Lucky. And she was like, you have to try this oil. You have to try this oil. And I was a big oil fan. Yeah. And I was like, you know, just an oil and I didn't know anything she didn't tell me anything about the process that goes into creating the oils which is really special and we want to get to and I was like what is different about this? like this is crazy this is you know it really the f- um, one of the seasonal face oils this, she gave yeah me. yeah Ugh. yeah they always blow me away they just <laughs> you make them specially for each season and tell us I mean you there's there's meditation there's the farm there's yeah. oh yeah uh, when I sort of found out what was behind these oils I wow that stuff must work because <laughs> yeah. it's really I, you know I came to being blown away by the product before I knew the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that, oh, that's oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so we the we make everything on, apart from one product actually on this organic farm in Hertfordshire, which is just north of London. It's not our farm, but it's like a it's our lovely place of work. But we we seem to be taking over more and more of the farm as we <laughs> as we grow, which is really lovely. But we're just building a new lab, which is something that's been on the cards for a long time as we're sort of like growing. And the concrete, the floor was poured a couple of weeks ago. And so Chris, my husband and I, who we all call Stable Boy, and when he's good, it's Head Stable Boy. (laughs) We've laid crystals in the floor of the new lab. And so I've tried to set them out. So when when the ingredients arrive into the ingredients area, there are crystals in there to take away the negative energy that's come through transport and all sorts of different things. And then as you sort of like move through the lab to the weighing area and then the production and QA and filling, and by the time they're sort of packed, there's the positive energy. So they sort of like go out the door with that. Oh, wow. Um, and part of that process as always is that, you know, the music is played to all of the ingredients and to the, pro- to the production process, you know, 24 hours a day. Wow, I didn't realize. Oh. 24 hours a day. Yeah, because there's research and information around the positivity and the vibrational element of sound and how that in fact in impacts impacts our cells and impacts us. And the oils are living. You know, we know that because when they're rancid and go off, we can smell that. So Yeah. So at some level, I really believe that it impacts the quality and the vitality of the oils. It's a process that I really believe in. And, you know, if it, it does no harm to anybody. Yeah, yeah um, certainly not. not. So, yeah. And the result is, as I, at least in my experience, just incredible. What is there any particular kind of music that... Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, that, like that the oils... Justin Bieber. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> Midnight oil, Australian man. Um... So depending on which, what we're making, it changes. Oh, wow. As does the meditations and things like that when I'm blending. So at different, and this is the interesting part, so different music works at different hertz and megahertz, Hmm, um, which actually can impact different brain waves. 
So it sometimes it's you know like the Salvation Body Oil is more sort of like vibrate like a higher sort of frequency because it's more about like energetic and things like that. And so we want to switch on or, or look at different sort of brain waves, whereas mm. like the sleep ones are very much about you know theta and switching off and yeah. and that sort of brain wave type thing. So you know there's all of this incredible research about what sort of vibrations and music and things like that look at what brainwave and what switches on and what switches off. So it's sort of, and, you know, I'm probably overthinking it, but to me, in that scientific way, it, it sort of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. And who, who's meditating over it? You, just you, or your whole team? And is it in the room? When is it? So when the essential oils get blended, they come in and then there's a process of a blessing that goes over all of the oils. And I always, I do the essential oils. It's only been, I think, two or three months that I've actually, we've handed over the making of the other products to team members. Before then, Chris and I used to make sort of all of the products. And now, you know, it's it's that process of letting go of my babies. But so when they come in and, and then there's a blessing over all of the oils and I chant to each blend has its own chant. And as I sort of like do that and do the blessing and in the meditation, the three words come up. And so they get written on the label and they get put into the crystal singing bowls and each of them have a different tune depending on what needs to happen and what it needs to come up to. And my tuning forks go over them and then they sit into the in the cupboard and when they're ready to come out, then we do the same process with the base oils. And in the pouring process, so you know we, we do all of that and that is all done again. And then in the pouring process, you know we cleanse the room with frankincense or palacento and each bottle has a drop of flower essence that go into it. And then it's poured by hand. Actually, it's poured by hand, but it's in this like really funky sort of upside down sort of bucket machine. Thing. <laughs> <Hey>, <laughs> Which, what, yeah, yeah, whatever. But, and then they sort of get boxed and, and sit into the music until they're ready to go out. But Wow, they are made with love. <laughs> but, you know, the lovely thing about doing that is that I already know because I've done all of the scientific research beforehand so you know when we look and I'm looking at the ingredients and what's coming into the ingredients it's very much about what I need each ingredient to do and how I need it to perform so you know across the range for example apparently now there's 12 different types of lavender that I use in different products and it depends where it's grown how it's grown and how it's harvested and they, because they all have different smells, they're, you know, the chemical constituents and the makeup is different because of the soil and everything that, that they're actually growing right. on. And so that's what's really important. So some of them are for sedation and some of them for immune system and all different types of things. And so that's the level that I go into when I'm researching every ingredient. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and how... in. How much of your time now is spent, like, are you able to spend with with individuals versus making things for many people? I wish I had more time to do <laughs> clinic. Like, that's, to me, that's my learning ground. That's where I get most excited. And I get a sense of what my patients need and what it is that's going on. And then that's where my formulation begins. You know, I, in my clinic, I see about 20% of men patients. Okay. And I think that's really quite relevant and interesting because, you know, and a product is never finished. You know, you're looking at, at what's going on and things like that, but everything changes. 
you know, the way we communicate, the amount of time on our on our phone, you know, the foods that we're eating, the quality of foods that we're eating are constantly changing. And the body's always changing. Yeah. And this is all seen in our skin. Mm-hmm. You know, the skin is is like a non-vital organ and it's the last thing to get nutrients and it's the last thing and it's the first thing to show illness and, and mm-hmm. when we're sort of like not looking after ourselves properly. And so it needs the most amount of care and physical <laughs> care that we can give it. Yeah. And so that to me, is what I see, you know, on hundreds of people's faces and their concerns and what they're thinking and feeling, but what they're, what's going on in their bodies, where they're holding it in their bodies and how that's showing on their faces. And to me, that informs everything about what's the next level of research and what is coming next in terms of the creation of products. So, so going back to your, the answering your question mm-hmm. is not enough time in clinic. Um, <laughs> there's never enough time in clinic. But, you know, I still, you know, life has taught me that I need to start to hand things over in order to to continue to make a difference because that's why I began Demamil. Like for me, it's about making a difference because there's no point in creating another cleansing balm or another face oil. How do you come up with things for each season, you know, like a fall oil and a summer um, oil? So it's very much based, the seasonal oils I blend once a year and once they're blended, then that's it. It's because it takes, each one takes at least at least six, sometimes nine, sort of ten months to create. Mm-hmm. And it's based around the Chinese medicine of the seasons in which, you know, every season is about an emotional element as well. You know, you're looking at levels of fatty acids and ceramides and all of those elements on what the skin needs in order to, to look itself but then you have that emotional component where we're so out of touch with nature. And the thing is, is you know, sometimes I see people in clinic who are so successful at their jobs and what they've done and what they've achieved. And there's always, sometimes there's that something missing. And I really believe it's that connection with nature and that cycle of life, which was the reason yeah. behind creating the seasonal oils in the first place. So, you know, the winter is all about that time of rest and replenishment. You know, we should be almost hibernating like the animals do, mm-hmm. going inwards. And it's not about, like, stopping, but it's because there's, there's – it's like, you know, on a frozen pond, there's life underneath, there's movement, mm. there's the seed that's gathering the potential and the energy to grow. And then in the springtime, it, like, emerges. It's like that unstoppability of life. And oh. The liver energy, like, <laughs> popping through. And, you know, the summer is, like, full bloom and it's yeah. blossoming and it's that element of yang and joy and happiness. And then the autumn or the fall is all about – releasing and letting go so that cycle can go again and most people find that the most difficult time because it literally is like having our energy like going outward is now sort of coming inward and and descending but in order for that sort of newness to come through we have to actually let go and release stuff and and that's sort of what we worked on today yeah she was saying about how if you think of a tree, you know, how trees in the fall are losing their leaves uh-huh. and that certain trees like hang on to their leaves for too long. <laughs> and the leaves are all like crispy yeah. and gross. <laughs> and I it like was that. just such a beautiful image about letting letting it go and, and then, you know, those leaves go and nourish the yeah. roots. And, you know. Yeah, I love the idea of like powering up for summer when things are in bloom. So in winter you're like resting so that you have like energy. Yeah. Megan and I love summer. We love yeah. heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, winter's that adrenal time of year. It's like in it's about our kidneys. And 
it almost is that time of, you know, while the seed's building potential underneath it, it's about that, you know, the visualisation of like a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do that through the winter, then it's almost like we're exhausted, like we exhaust more quickly because in that Chinese medicine clock, each each organ, each element has its time to, to shine. Huh. Um, and that's the time of the adrenals and the kidneys. And in the Northern Hemisphere, it's Christmas, and so it's all that busy, exciting sort of time. In Southern Hemisphere, it's actually in the middle of the year, so it's not as exhausting. Mm. But, you know, it's so all of those things that we just need to stop and listen and, and look outside. Are there herbs or oils, like safer winter, that you think are the most powerful for people? Yeah, do you know, I think it's getting your hands on what you can. And I think it's, you know, winter we would go for like a heavier, fattier oil. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like macadamia, or which I really like, like olive is, all, is really good. Olive and it's, oil. Yeah, mm. you know, it's just the real basics. But I think it's more about that connection with yourself. You know, one of the strong things that I teach in clinic is about taking that time to nourish yourself and so everything is you know from the moment that you sort of step in the door from work and going like having a boundary to give yourself time and space to actually nurture yourself and you know having your cleansing ritual like almost multitasking with that so it's that stop pause inhale and allow that stress to leave our mind and our body and then you know face massage is honestly the most amazing beneficial thing ever and you can do it with absolutely any product and that is about feeding your skin because like I was saying before the skin is the last organ to get the nutrients and all of that so you know the face massage is literally about feeding your skin increasing like the circulation the blood and the nutrients coming to the skin and then like draining away the toxins and from that you get more benefit than almost anything and can that be intuitive or do you feel like there's a specific massage that needs to go on, like for a person? No. You do know it's all about just doing it. Mm. Like it's that thing mm-hmm. of just actually like get, getting in and doing it. Yeah. And, That's and great. it's that understanding and touching and feeling and seeing the where you're holding your stress and your skin. So the lumps and bumps that maybe weren't there two days ago, but you're feeling really frustrated mm. and working through that. And our fingers can like tell us so much information. Mm. And I think that's as important as whatever product you're buying to put on your skin. Yeah. And it's, you know, it it's free. It doesn't cost yeah. anything to do that. And like I said, it's literally, you know, you can Google it, you can YouTube, whatever. Yeah. Or um, just do it. Or just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you really exactly. look different. You look like smoother and less yeah. puffy. And it yeah, feels so exactly. good. And just glowier. And, and over time, you know, you have patients and say this is what you need to do and they're like oh don't be ridiculous like I haven't got time to do that and just like just start off with you know 30 seconds like stop breathe allow the essential oils to just begin to do their job and like de-stress you from the day and then do it and then I swear like within two weeks they text me going oh my god I'm doing it now 10 minutes every night and it's amazing my skin's different wow I do the foot massage before I go to sleep but and I do for my kids but uh, face. Now I'm like, yeah. I want face. I have to ask you about altitude oil. 
Um, just because that's <laughs> it's your favorite. A, my favorite thing. I've like before I meditate, I put a little in my hand and smell it. And also, if I'm feeling allergic, I, you know, I, I, it just makes me feel better. How'd you come up with it? And what is it? <laughs> <laughs> so when we moved to America for a couple of years, and so Chris and I were sort of flying backwards and forwards all the time, and it was that thing of you get on a plane, somebody three seats over sneezes, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get off this plane and I'm going to have a cold, mm-hmm. and then I have to go to a hotel, my head's going to feel like mashed potato, <laughs> and I'm just going to be all over the shop. So it was literally sort of like coming up with a blend it was relaxing. It was all of those elements that protected you on a flight or in an enclosed space. And it's been this most hilarious thing where every like it used to happen all the time where people would go, oh, my gosh, I've used the altitude for, for you know, a sting or a bite or something that's itchy. You know, my husband calls it the WD-40 of all beauty products. Oh, so good. I didn't even realize that. I always thought it was an inhaled yeah, yeah. But, and that's what it was created for. But, you know, putting it in the shower of a morning, mm-hmm. like literally on the shower floor, putting the hot water on, it steams up. And, oh, my gosh, oh. it's just like, oh, oh sort of oh, I'm so doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, on um, public transport, on the subway or the <clears> tube <throat> or whatever it is, whenever you're feeling like in an enclosed space or congestion around you uh, in, in your office. And actually, we did some really great work with the bank in London uh, with traders who... Basically, when they were feeling stressed or something like that, it was like teaching them how to choose a different pathway when sort of instead of flight or flight uh-huh. um, with the altitude oil and having it having it as that sort of reach thing. It was like, okay, let's different stop. fork in the road. Yeah, and let's like stop, breathe, and now move forward. So yeah, it's it's a really cool little. Oh, we've got to try it. Yeah, Yes, it's true. You're targeting something pretty amazing next year. Can we talk about it, the cortisol? Yeah. Yeah, it's – so I guess when I've looked at – as we talked a bit before about stress and I have this little thing in my head like stress is epic. It's environmental, physical, and cellular. And so I always thought botanics was about the emotional stress. Epic Mm. is emotional, physical, and cellular. Mm. But – it's that emotional stress and the stress we carry with us day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, atmospherics was about the physical stress, the atmosphere, the pollution, blue light, all of those things in our sort of environment that we can't see that are aging us. But for me, you know, the last, you know, 10 years, 11 years at clinic is been about creating this range, which I feel is my life's work. Mm. It will continue to be my life's work because you know, the chronic stress, like stress is a good thing. Like we never want to get rid of stress in our lives because it's how we get things done. Mm -hmm. But it's that chronic ongoing stress that we keep building day to day. And so I've created this line, which is about addressing that. And it's so exciting. We've had elements that have been clinically tested the smell of it which you smell today smell incredible we had tested at in a clinical study and the results were just extraordinary and you know it was about the smell and the parts of the brain that were affected by the smell so we looked at EEGs and brain waves and functional MRIs to see what was lit up when the smell was created wow, oh, wow. Um, where was this so it was in France through a, a neuroscience department at, at one of the universities. And so it's just been something that for me, it's like 
I know this, like this is what I've been using, but it's almost like evidentially it's now there. Here's the study, here's the proof, and this is what it's created. And so it feels like it's a whole new level of tools for people to help with stress. A whole genre, a whole new genre of skincare. Wait, and you have to ask a question for Jesse. Oh, Your husband. sleep, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. You. So you do, you have a whole sleep line. Yes. When, when did you get into sleep? And so many people can't sleep, including my husband. Yeah. Will it help him? <laughs> so basically, it's, once again, it's that whole pattern of clinic when it comes back to, and it just, you know, everything sort of falls into place. Like sleep is so important, as we sort of now know. But a few years ago, I was like... I, it just, everything sort of came together. And it was like, I asked myself, what's keeping me awake? Like, what, because I'm not the best sleeper in the world either. And it's like, so I, I started looking at 10 years of clinical notes. And it's like, so the question to me, that center question is, what's keeping me awake? My patients, what is it? Mm. And so I sort of like sifted through like all of the clinic notes and figured out like what sort of patterns, where they were feeling it in their body, what was going on and all of those different different elements. Mm-hmm. And then looking at the Western science of that. So, you know, the starting point is always the Western science. And what does the, for example, you know, what does the brain need to go to sleep? It needs melatonin. How do we get to melatonin? We need, like, one of the pathways is serotonin. How do we get the body to make more serotonin? We need tryptophan. How does the body get tryptophan? And we get that in the diet. But in order to absorb the tryptophan to get to melatonin in the end, we need things like you know magnesium and selenium and B vitamins to be able to support the body to do that. Mm. And so choosing a base oil or a you know the carry oil that's rich in all of those things was the primary starting point. And then for me, it was overlaying the Chinese medicine and then overlaying the aromatherapy onto that. So wow, yeah, lots of layers. Yeah, and that's. To me, that's how it, how I address everything that I do, mm-hmm. every sort of formulation process. It's looking at, okay, you know, somebody who's laying there and has, you know, a thousand and one yeah. things going through their Can't mind. Can't turn it off. Yeah. It's that, you know, that to-do list, that running to-do list. And in Chinese medicine, we look at that as the heart energy and the spirit of the heart, the shen, has nowhere to settle. It's it's nowhere to go and to um, that. So it's somebody who tends to be very yin deficient. And so creating an aromatherapy blend around that sort of that giving that the shen somewhere to settle. And then you've got things like that settle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Does that work in the morning? Also, I, I, I wake up in the morning mm. with a thousand thoughts. Like I don't have yep. trouble sleeping, but when I wake up, I'm like, you do. Gotta go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, so the interesting thing is, and the polarness of these, of the sleep oils, is that they do work during the day because it's treating the underlying cause. And so it's not a like, lovely little smelly oil that's just going to be sedating and put you to sleep. Uh-huh. But it's like this this is what's keeping me awake. And so this is the solution to, for keeping me awake. But if you're using it during the day, it, it rebalances everything. And so it continues to work. So, so it's not, like I say, it's not a sedation thing. It's just about rebalancing mm. that, which is why these sleep products don't work overnight. Right. Because they will take time to work because sometimes those imbalances have been there for a really long time. And that's, you know, it's, you know, going to that root cause of 
this is the issue, let's address the issue as opposed to just putting a Band-Aid over the symptoms. Yeah. And so that was sort of my thought process with, with all of them. You know, anchor is about the liver energy and the tossing and turning and not good quality sleep. It's about, you know, waking in the night and not being able to go back to sleep. And that's, you know, the hun. And then soothe is, soothe is about, it's our mind process. It's like when you've got one thought and it's overtaking you, it's all consuming. It's almost like we can't digest our thought. And Mm -hmm. so that's about the spleen and the stomach and it sits in our solar plexus. And it's that one thing where it's, you know, you can't let go of. And so then that soothe. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just want to be under your care. <laughs> 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 uh, and I want to, I spent the afternoon rolling around in those oils and I just want to continue. Oh my God. I want to know so, what happened because you look so glowy <laughs> and yeah, happy. I feel a lot better. I could ask you questions literally until. Yeah, I have a million more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and Thank for you. telling us so much about this. I I love your combination of get things done and then you have this very however much time it takes presence where it's not a, a lot of people who are like let's go do something are so sort of Rigid. type A and yeah. fix it and do it right away yeah. and you're like you're like you, flowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got but I think it's that thing as well isn't it of getting it right. And and that's sort of not always a good thing, like mm-hmm. that constant yeah. perfectionism. But it's that process of, okay, is this really right? How can I make it better? How can we keep going with this? And it's like, oh, it's not quite right. It's not doing exactly what I want it to do. It's like, <laughs> oh. So, yeah, but it's just, oh. you know, all part of that process. But thank you very much. And do you ever get stressed? Maybe that's a crazy question because we <laughs> yeah. all do, but I just, um, just yeah. what you've said, I just can't imagine you <laughs> you know like in a tizzy ah <laughs> uh, no I have my times yeah um, but that's you know and that informs the next thing isn't it you know as we age as we grow so oh, thank you thank you I feel like I I wasn't enough a part of that conversation because I was literally just listening to her talk. Like when she was talking about being out in the ocean and she was, it oh was so God. fast. Like I, I, my, I was slack jawed. <laughs> yeah. When like, she was like the hundred foot wave. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved how she was just like, yeah, you just do it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and she did, you know, all these things. I kept saying sort of like the idea of that she had these sort of this very almost masculine way of mm-hmm. like going through and being like, you know, I'm going to be, yeah. Some kind of banker, like yeah, a derivative trader. I'm I'm gonna be a triathlete. I'm gonna sail I'm around gonna, the world. I'm gonna cure my own cancer the way I want to. Yeah. Like that I mean, six months to live and she was just like, Don't say that to me. Yeah, I'm just I'm so shocked that she goes right to to the positive, you know, like that is yeah. that's just the hardest thing in life for me. And I'm like a fairly positive person. Yeah. But just to like instantly skip over the doubt and be like no I want it this I way I know what to do yeah, yeah. or like, I'm gonna th- or, and she seems sort of like well I thought I'd try this but it seems so you know it's yeah there's a lot of things I think about trying that I don't try yeah a lot <laughs> do you think you're just born with that though that kind of clear-headedness I don't yeah. even know what you call it it also sounds like you know she's went through so much that you know maybe that hones your sense of knowing what you want you know, and and having had that experience of saying, you know, I, I'm going to treat myself the way I think 
and then having that succeed. Right. Then you're just like on top of the world and you know, you know something. Yeah. You, you know, your inner compass is, is, is not off base. <laughs> it's mine. I know it's off base a lot. Yeah. I'm like, do I have an inner compass? <laughs> I when I went to Annie this afternoon, I was totally like fix my inner compass. It's like completely gone awry. So she does like emotional stuff. I love that. Yeah. Like well, extracts bad energy. I think she sort of reroutes your energy. It's more like gets things moving, you know, and stops things from being blocked. But you feel it because you seem different. I I definitely feel it. It really, really was incredible. And I can't, I I want Jesse to try the the all her sleep thing. Jesse cannot turn it off. Like he'll fall asleep and then he'll just wake up all night thinking about terrible things. Not even terrible things, just things. Things. And cannot go back to sleep. He's tried everything. He's got to try. He does. Settle. Yeah. And anchor. anchor. I wonder if the anchor is about a little bit about the her trip around the world. Oh, on the oh boat. yeah, it must be oh, right. That's... It's so funny because we like. I feel like you and I are like the world's best sleepers. Not yeah. to jinx it, because oh my god, I'm always afraid but I'm going to jinx it yeah, by talking too. about it. Ugh. I feel like I got it from my mom. Really? She, you know, she like doesn't have trouble sleeping. Eats a whole bunch. Yeah, she's like no worries seemingly. Yeah, and she's I, like doing it right. She's doing something right for <laughs> sure. And I feel like she just bequeathed the the good sleeping to me. It is a and gift, I, honestly. Well, I just loved that, and I, I really all I want to do is just use every sleep product, even though I don't have sleeping problems. <laughs> me too. I want to slather myself in all her stuff. The cortisol. Oh, that amazing today. Insane. It's a serum. It just it smells so good. I know she, you know, it it belittles someone who who makes these incredibly complex formulas that do all kinds of things <laughs> to your body to be like it smells nice, but it really does smell nice also. <laughs> that yeah, was a great. She's one. great. So on Goop, we've got our columns, Megan tries it and asks Jean, and we get a whole bunch of beauty questions. And we love answering them. So if anyone listening has a question they want us to answer, just send it over to Goop on Instagram or Facebook. It can be about makeup, hair, skincare, perfume, routines, order of products, techniques, anything. Okay. Yeah. I always look tired, especially after a hangover. How do I look instantly more awake? From Amina T. Okay, Amina. I've... We've got some ideas on this one. <laughs> Looking tired, you can be tired and look tired, or you can be totally full of energy and look tired. And, True. And <laughs> it's such a bummer either way. <laughs> the first thing I do every morning, because I always look a little tired, I think, um, is, uh, <laughs> is vitamin C. I think vitamin C makes just an enormous difference in everybody's skin. You will, If you start using it every day, you'll be like, wow, my skin is just more alive. It's not an overnight thing, but it's a it's a it's a week or two, and you will be like, yeah, I can't live without that stuff. Like vitamin C, I think ultimate non uh, tired thing. You can also take vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Like um, you know, there we Goop makes that antioxidant drink Goop Glow. I love um, it, and it's it's so refreshing. It looks like tang, and it's just one <laughs> of those things that like if you're just like dragging, yeah, just gets you right up even just looking at it it's like sunny energy orange and happy (laughs) i think exfoliating can can really wake up your skin definitely and i like a combination of exfoliating and then moisturizing to just plump up your skin i feel like when you're tired it 
it looks slack. Yeah. And you can do like, I mean, say you have a late night. I think the best thing is those those Goop Glow pads. Yeah. The, they're super strong. You yeah. You can only use them once a week. But you, you just before you go to bed, your skin is clean. You just swipe one on. You don't have to do anything else. You wake up in the morning and wash your face and like... You look awake. It exfoliates all night. And then I think like a great, you know, a great oil after that. Just, I love Damamiel, love uh, Mae Lindstrom. Yep. I um, love Balmyard. Balmyard. Oh, th- yeah, with that Tamanu oil in yeah. it. Oh, it's incredible. Just something really rich. Some people like creams. Like I love Waleda Skin Food. I, To be honest, like if I put Waleda Skin Food on, even if I haven't done all the exfoliating and everything, I swear to God, it's like I've sort of firmed and moisturized my face and like it just looks better. It's yeah, not like I put amazing. makeup on. Yeah. But it's like some other magic like that. (laughs) Moisture really goes a long way. It does. It does. And once you've exfoliated, you've vitamin C, you've moisturized, I think a little makeup can really help if you're feeling like super tired. Concealer. Yep. Like if you you have dark circles, just a little, you know, you don't want to go crazy. You just want a little brightness around your eyes. You can layer blush. Bobby taught us oh, that yeah. incredible. That great Bobby tip. Where you, and like a bright blush. A bright. So you're going to put anybody, she says anybody, no matter what your skin tone, you can wear a bright blush. You just have to have a neutral one underneath. So you do a little just like, you know, beigey pink, yeah. whatever, you know, neutral color. And then you do like just a pop over it of of something like hot pink that's such a good tip because people are so scared of bright colors i feel like but it's like it's the whole thing is that it doesn't show up like shocking pink on your skin yeah with the neutral underneath and even when it does i mean i remember (laughs) i was at i was at some restaurant and i saw dick page we were at some some event the makeup artist dick page and he was like he looked at me and he's like you know turned his mouth down and he was like why no color on you really (laughs) and he was like and I was like you know I like to look natural like no makeup makeup and he was like he was like oh come on you want to wake up your face just a little bit and he had some like crazy magenta I think lipstick at the time and he like dabbed a little on my lips so it was sheer it wasn't like you know lipstick lipstick and then dabbed a little on my cheeks and that that like I was totally... It really wakes up your face. And so cool that Dick Page did your makeup casually in a restaurant. (laughs) Because he was disturbed at how, like, bland I was (laughs) looking. He was shocked. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't hold back. (laughs) But it was, like, magic, you know? Yeah. It was so good. So, yeah, being awake, it's a lot of preparation and a little bit of makeup if you want. Like, mascara obviously really helps those of us who, who... I, I think it's an older thing. I, I don't like mascara. Yeah. It's not for me. I didn't when I was younger. Really? And I remember reading this thing where uh, they asked Kathleen Turner, who was older than I am, what she, her, like, you know, what she won't go out the door without it. And she was like, mascara. And I was like, mascara? Yeah. Why like would what? that matter? Well, I'm her age now, and I know. <laughs> so when you think you become a certain age and it just... Mascara like, makes like, a difference. Yeah, I think I think you I think maybe you lose lashes. I don't hmm. know. I don't know what it is, but like all of a sudden you're like, this really like makes me look better. I better I feel use like mascara it. turns me into a man. Like I have this weird thing in my head. I it, I just I I have to stay away. I feel like it makes me look unattractive. Well, well, I hope you never have the day that you have to be like, you know, I'm gonna try mascara because I'm old, but it might happen. <laughs> 
that the mascara from uh, Gucci Westman. Oh, oh it's my god! So, yeah, I'm so obsessed. People with it. love it. It's, it's just so pretty. Yeah, but if you don't have to wear it, like you don't, why wear a <laughs> mascara? But if you, if it really makes you feel better, like it does for me most of the time. Totally. I like some GP doesn't she doesn't wear it every day like I know she doesn't she, no like I mean she, well, she like to, doesn't wear makeup she doesn't wear makeup to the office and she looks so beautiful like I yeah. you know but then she says when when she does use mascara she goes for that one the Gucci yeah she loves Gucci Westman's it's and it's we have that video on Ugh, the site have that you video seen is it? so, so fun it's just like in the Hamptons Ugh, having your makeup like done by Gucci Westman yeah about to go to your premiere it's a dream it's a fun one <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on The Beauty Closet. You can learn more about our new podcast series at goop.com slash beautyclosetpodcast. We hope you'll come back next Wednesday for our next chat. And in the meantime, just tap subscribe to keep up with new episodes. If you're liking what you're hearing, please rate and review the podcast. And share it with a friend. Talk soon. <laughs>